What's going on, people? Welcome back to Off the Tee with TJ Scott. And today, we have another another great episode, in my opinion. I think it's the one that I've been looking forward to in terms of Premier League football, um, Man City, uh, and also, in my opinion, our, our top rivals at the moment. And, I mean, who else better to rep Arsenal than, than my man Andy? So, Andy, how you doing, bro? Hey, I'm doing good. My name is Andy. I am an Arsenal fan. I've been an Arsenal fan for uh, for a while now. I would say about like nine, ten years. I would say. Maybe uh, I've been yeah. I've been watching them for. I've been watching like every single game really. Like I probably watched like over over like ninety five percent of games ever since I started watching. Um, big Arsenal fan. I even went through the banter era, which is <laughs> horrible, but. Um, you know, I'm a true Arsenal fan, I went through all that, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here, talking about the Community Shield coming up. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we could start with, uh, I guess, the overall preseasons. So, uh, and obviously with Arsenal being in America, um, I personally been watching them more than Man City just because of like the time difference and everything like that. Um, so, I guess you can go through your team first. Well, what were your thoughts on the whole American tour? Yeah, so before we won the American tour, though, we had um, a game against Nuremberg in the, uh, mm-hmm. I think they're in the Bundesliga or the second second league Bundesliga. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was our first preseason game. That's where we get to uh, see uh, Havertz play. You know, we just signed him. Big 65 mil. It's really questionable to see, see him play. Um, but I, I think from that game, you know, it was obviously super rusty. Um, you know, Arteta is, like, really just try and mess around like with all the tactics and stuff uh we were without like a lot of our players like Zinchenko who's been like almost injured since like last end of last season mm. um and so you know the way like Arteta and Pep usually has that inverted fullback or inverted center back um I know Arteta has been testing out with like having a inverted Kibior um yeah. he's been uh like a really good top player so far in this preseason um, he's really surprised me since we signed him in January, like, out of nowhere. Um, he hasn't even got, like, game time to, like, halfway into, like, the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, this preseason, he's been adjusting well. He's been playing as that inverted left-back, almost, um, for majority of the preseason. Um, and, and, yeah, and then also, um, players like Timber, we also just signed, who's also been playing that role. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to come in and play as, like, a, a center back in, like, place of Saliba. Um, but he's been playing more of, like, a that inverted left back, inverted right back role. I was surprised he was, he was going to play inverted left back because he's a right foot uh, defender. And yeah. uh, he's been more so playing center back and right back at Ajax. But um, he's been playing as that uh, inverted left back recently, I know, against Barca and against Monaco earlier. Um, but overall, you know, preseason has been great. Um... Arteta hasn't really been testing out with a lot of the uh, academy players. He's more so just trying to get that depth in with all the uh, the more, um, you know, experienced players. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, overall, right now it's been great. Um, looking forward to it. I think defensively we're still a bit shaky, but I mean, when the season starts, that's, that's gonna be a different picture. Mm, absolutely, and obviously, like in terms of, like the intensity, right? Um, obviously he's going to be upped, right? And, I mean, I look at that Barcelona match, right? And I was like, yo, like, what's going on? Like, obviously what Arsenal were doing wasn't them. Like, the way that they are fouling wasn't, like, what Barca was doing, bro. Like, 
Barso was like going in for like home runs, like trying to knock out limbs. Like I was like, yo, like bro. are we watching like a derby match or like, like what's bro, going on? Araujo just like two foot tackling up the <laughs> chest of players. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, man. And then obviously we we're gonna talk about injuries, but I mean, you saw the result with Jesus. Ah uh, yeah. Like nah. I'm like yo, like come on, man. Like now, uh, bro, I already knew like when Jesus like was missing out the Monaco game, like I already knew he got injured from that one tackle. Um, but that's going to be, like, a big miss because Jesus is so, so pivotal in, like, our play. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think we'll be fine with, the uh, Trossard up top, though, um, to come and replace him, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think Trossard, I think, obviously, he came in, but in January, um, and he obviously impressed then. Had half a season, you know, on, trying to, I guess, learn, like, a whole different scheme, you know, obviously with, like, how, uh, Arteta plays, which is a lot more complicated than, um, you know, over like in Brighton with Deserby, uh, you know, with with their the way that they play. So, I mean, I think he's gonna have a really good season. I think you guys aren't really gonna miss Jesus as much. Maybe in those key moments when he, maybe he's injured or if somebody needs to get subbed off, uh, like depth. I think that's one thing that you guys lack in terms of like attacking. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Arsenal look very strong. Obviously, they're shaky in the last game against uh, Monaco, but you know, obviously, it's the Emirates Cup. Just came back from you know a long flight from America, uh, that sort of thing. So, I mean, personally, I just think it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a decent season. I think for Arsenal, I mean, if you guys don't get second, possibly, I mean, maybe not challenge for a league, possibly yeah. fourth is like the lowest I'll put you guys. But um, no, like I, I do expect you guys to you know to yeah. to, to, to compete try and win the Premier League for sure yeah and like to take away from like preseason preseason really for Arsenal like it's more so Arteta is kind of just messing around with all the tactics right um putting players in uncomfortable positions and like testing out what players work best obviously we saw that in the Monaco game because mm -hmm. when I saw that starting 11 I was kind of a little bit shocked because um Arteta was playing Rice more as that left eight role instead of the, the lone six he was playing both Partey and uh Rice so Rice Rice was on the left eight, and then Partey started the the six. I thought it was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like like a particular role that Rice really is comfortable with playing in. I know he played at at West Ham for a bit, but I was shocked to see when he did that because, and like in my opinion, I think when the season actually starts, I know it's gonna be like Havertz, Odegaard up in that eight, and then Rice as a lone six. But I know a lot of fans were looking for Rice in that left eight and Partey in the six. More so just for, like, you know, ball possession, ball carrying, and, mm -hmm. you know, that more defensive presence in the team. Right. And, I mean, obviously, you know, with the whole transfer saga with Declan Rice, I know, you know, Man City were looking to replace, you know, Gundogan with him. And Gundogan played that left eight position. So, I mean, for me, I think, obviously, he didn't have the chance to show his attacking quality with, uh, with West Ham for obvious reasons, right? You got a dinosaur manager over there. Yeah. Um, dinosaur tactics and all that, but bro, I mean, for England, e even in England, like I haven't really seen him play like more advanced, and obviously that's just because of the quality of the team in England. But um, obviously, it's going to be like a little adjustment period for him. Uh, maybe trying to be maybe not as defensively minded, but obviously having like the you know the box to box sort of role. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what what Arteta is going to be cooking up. But I think he's cooking up some some good stuff, bro. Yeah, I think long term Rice is going to be the the, the lone six in the future. Mm -hmm. I think right now he just needs some time to adjust. 
And like, you know, Partey's already experienced in the, in the squad, so I don't see him losing that spot in the team just yet. Right. Um, I guess transitioning to City, so obviously they went over to to Japan, uh, Korea, uh, and personally I thought that the preseason was really, really good. Um, did you catch any of the games there or no? Um, I know you guys played uh, Atletico, right? Yeah, that was our last uh, preseason match. Um, I knew you guys played like a team in Yokohama. Uh, I'm not too sure which one it was, but mm-hmm. um, no, yeah, I, I think I th- I saw a couple of them. Not too sure. So I think so they yeah so we played Yokohama first and then we played uh, Bayern Munich. Um, oh yeah, Bayern. Yeah. So we played. I think we played three uh, preseason matches in total. This this uh, I guess preseason window period. Um, the Yokohama game was obviously like like I said the first game rust knock off all the rust, whatever. Um, mm. But I thought in terms of like the way that we play, obviously it's City, bro. You know, we won you know, the treble for a reason and basically minus like a couple players um, like Marez or um, Gundawan, like the core of the team is still there. So there really wasn't that much drop off. Um, we beat Yokohama, I think it was like 6-3. It, it was a crazy game. I, I actually enjoyed watching it. I thought Yokohama was a really, really good team. Um, shout out Ange Postacoglu as well. I know and I know you're not a big fan of him right now, but I think he's also a really good manager, and he came from that club as well. But, um, yeah, Yokohama's, I know they're known for attacking. Um, Bayern Munich, obviously, we put in the work with them. There are there are sons as well. Um, you know, with, with the Champions League, we showed that again. Um, yeah. But the Atletico match, I think, once again, that was that was a weird situation. I'm not even making excuses because of the preseason match. But in terms of, like, Atletico Madrid, the way that they approached that game, the way that they pressed City to... Because usually, when they press City and also how they were in possession, um, I thought it was very interesting, and I thought that, that maybe that could be something that you know teams in the Prem can adopt, which is to have the midfielders higher up in the field, right? Because obviously City likes to press high, so if you have your midfield three or midfield four, whatever your formation is, right, have them higher up in the field, it opens up your wingers, and in Arsenal's sake, right. Your winger, in my opinion, the best winger in the world right now, in Bukayo Saka on the right. Then you got Martinelli on the left. I just think it could be a lot. I mean, it could be it could be trouble for City. Um, but also, I mean, with potentially, well, no, Vardiol's coming to Man City. That's that, that just got officially yeah, announced. Yeah, that's already confirmed. <laughs> For a second Confirm for time. the second time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not another fake. You know, like let's hope that uh. This, the city fans aren't watching any more airplanes coming in from Leipzig, but, um, but yeah, I, I just think in terms of uh, the way to be played, I thought it was a really great tune-up. Um, no injuries. Um, Holland obviously did Holland things. Um, I was really impressed with uh, Oscar Bob. He's a right winger from the academy uh, for Man City. Um, also, I think Calvin Phillips talking about I mean positives I think everybody else did alright but I thought Calvin Phillips was once again very very poor um the fact that he hasn't really panned out to be the signing that he was supposed to be which was the like the Fernandinho replacement to me it's a joke right he, he's um, already adjusted to just being a bench player and getting all that money <laughs> bro you can see he's comfortable he's literally just comfortable with just going out there and just running like yeah that's, that's not a right mentality for a player of city right now right absolutely not and um. Yeah, I just think for for me, like, he needs to start. He needs to get his stuff together, right? And the only way that he can 
once again get some pressures if you bring in somebody or maybe have John Stones once again fill into that spot. But if he feels like he's fine with just sitting on the bench, you know what I'm saying, chilling, and he gets, still gets called up to, you know, the England national team and still, like, gets significant playing time for the national team, like, I mean, he, he's not <laughs> going to improve. No, yeah, nah, not at all. That, that's, like, the main problem with, like, a lot of the English players, like McGuire. Like, he's getting called up to the English national team, like, for what? He's still having, like, trash performances for right. Man United, but he's still getting called up. That's why he's not trying to, like, you know, improve himself. And, you know, that's a problem that's, like, Southgate's going on with, like, the England uh, the England team. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right on that. Like, obviously, England is, like, the U.S. men's national team in that aspect, you know, calling these mid-players and, you know, saying for no reason at all. But, um, yeah, I mean, once again, I think City, I think they're going into this match really, really prepared. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to start the season off and, you know, with, with the Community Shield, with, once again, the second-best team in England, maybe one of the top five teams in the world, you know, in all of Europe as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, I guess that's our preseason reviews. Um, we can go into, I guess, new signings, uh, you know, links, uh, possible departures. Um, I yeah. saw Raya recently. Um, that came out of nowhere when Ornstein dropped that. I was like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> Bro, I was like, yo, like, Where's Matt Turner, bro? Like, where's the love at? Like, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, well, all right. I think Matt Turner is on his way to uh, Nottingham. That's like okay. the rumor going around. So that's why, you know, Arteta is looking to replacing him soon, and you know, sending uh, you know, Turner out and then bringing in like a top quality keeper in um, Raya. But I don't, I don't really know if he's like you know, Raya's coming in to be like that number one, or he's gonna be fighting for number one, or he's gonna be a straight number two. Right. Um, I think for me, I think Ramsdale is still being backed by the whole entire club. Um, I don't even if we bring in Raya, I don't see Ramsdale being, you know, dropped for Raya. Right. Um, it, it just depends on like the performances of Ramsdale. Obviously, in this preseason, for my in my opinion, I think Ramsdale has been horrible this preseason. Mm -hmm. um, there was that penalty uh, shootout against Man United at the yeah. end of the game. He didn't save one. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously. Some of the goals he conceded in that game, that, that Bruno Fernandes shot, um, trash. He just did not. He, just, he he has a, like a knack for just not being able to like handle the ball. Like it's it's always gonna be deflected off him into the net. Right. And then obviously against um against Barca, you can see it three goals and there was that Rafinha free kick, which <laughs> was literally mainly his fault. I mean in the in the um the Monaco game, I think for me he definitely improved. Um, mm -hmm. but I think that's no excuse, but, you know, for me, I think Ramsdale is still, still being back. He's been here for longer, and I don't think, like, a new keeper coming in is just going to change that automatically. How much was Ramsdale again? I'm not too sure. I think it was, like, around 25 to 30. We, okay. we bought him from Shedfield, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I don't think we dropped, like, a lot of money for that, but... For me right now, I think he's he's still like a top quality expensive keeper. I think he's just trying. He's just getting too comfortable right now. Same as Calvin Phillips, he's getting called up to England. And he's getting comfortable. There's, like the number two is not gonna take him over. But right. I think the addition of Raya would help fuel him a little bit. But I don't think dropping 40 mil out of nowhere just to be a number two is like a right idea. Right. Absolutely. And also, I mean, just going into obviously. Balogun, and I'm, I'm sorry to make it all American, 
but it seems but like it seems to be like the, the like the, I guess the departures at this moment. Um, yeah, Balogun potentially leaving and potentially getting priced out from a move to Inter Milan. Um, Jesus now getting injured, like we mentioned before. Um, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on that situation? Like, Eddie again, call me. Uh, you see, <laughs> from my, in my opinion, you know, I, you know, since Jesus is going to be out for probably a couple more weeks, mm-hmm. um, it's I think it's like from like the same injury from like after the World Cup, which is going to be a big problem. Um, I think he'll come back sooner or later, but for me, in like replacement of him, I do not want to see Tetsuya on the pitch, if I'm being honest. Right. Because, you know, comparing, like, Nketia to, like, Jesus and Trossard, he doesn't have that type of quality um, when we see him play on the pitch. And he doesn't, like, you know, link up with, like, well with all, like, the players on the pitch. Like, when we watch the Jesus, he doesn't, like, pass really well. He doesn't link up well. Um, I just don't think, like, his finishing is all right. You know, he's, he's mainly for being, like, a fox in the box. Just, like, right. if you put him at the end, of like, of a cross, he'll most likely score. Um, we've seen that a couple times during the season, you know, against Man United. Um, but for me, like, Jesus has, like, a power of, like, you know, making every other player on the pitch look better. Like, his link-up play is one of the best I've seen. Um, linking up with Saka and Jesus. Or, uh, Saka and Martinelli. Mainly mm-hmm. Martinelli, because... When we see last season and Katia linking up with Martinelli, Martinelli was like literally like missing for like a couple months. Yeah. Um, Jesus literally made Martinelli like like a better player um, when he's playing with them. And Katia doesn't really do that, you know. Like he's more like a moments player, if you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. He he doesn't really like you know help out with the team a lot. But like, you know, I really you know I write in Katia. You know, he's he's a good player. Um, but I don't think he's, like, a type of player that would, like, lead Arsenal to, you know, like, a title, in my opinion. Um, I mean, you can get some runs in the FA Cup and, you know, <laughs> care about Cup, but for <laughs> me, he's, he has no quality. And that's why, like, I prefer Trossard up top. I know last season, um, after a while when Nketiah was just, like, on, like, a drought, like, uh, Arteta decided to, like, um, put Trossard up top. And it really worked out really well. You know, he got, like... He only joined in in, uh, in January, but he, like, got the right. most assists out of the club, yeah. which was, like, really big. So you can see that, you know, he has really good link-up play. And, you know, our, the way, like, we play, we don't really use, like, um, you know, we don't need, like, a 20-25 goal striker. We need, like, a striker who can, like, drop back and link up with um, the rest of the team. I think Trossard uh, does that really well. Not as well as uh, Jesus, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but for me, you know, I really hope Arteta chooses Trossard, um, and I know I know recently when we played City, uh, and Ketia has just been missing the whole entire game. He he will literally accumulate like three touches the whole entire game. He'll try to drop back, but then he'll just like get he'll just lose possession right away. I just don't think he's that top quality. Um, and you know, for me, like Balogun, um, I think Balogun's a better player than Ketia, but obviously Balogun, I don't think he wants to stick with. Arsenal anymore. Um, right. He wants to be the the main number nine. He's just not gonna get that, in my opinion. Yeah. He can get, he, he can get like Inter Milan or anywhere else. It's just not Arsenal. And you know, hopefully we can sell him for around that price tag, like forty to fifty million. Um, 
Yeah, I think a lot of teams are just trying to lowball because it's just Arsenal. But uh, I mean, I, I hope I hope Balogun can end up staying. But I mean, I, I don't think he's gonna play for the badge. Right. Um. And honestly, I'll be honest. Like, I think that price tag is fair because wasn't he like the third or fourth highest scorer in, in League One? I think he was third behind Lacazette and Mbappe. Wow. And Lacazette honestly went off this season. I, I thought he was Dude. really, really good. But bro, that man's I mean... a fraud. <laughs> that man's a fraud. I did not watch him for a couple of years to be trash and then end up going to score like 25 goals in League One. Might be the league, but anyways, carry on. Yeah, nah, I think it is a league, bro. I think it's a farmer's league, and I think you can agree with me, me on that point. But it doesn't downplay Balogun at all, because once again, he played for a team that was very, very mid-table, and he elevated them. And also the manager also is really, really good there as well. Um, Will still. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think in terms of departures, I mean, obviously Austin Trusty also left. Um... Yep. Who else left for Arsenal? I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Uh, bro, I don't know. Edu just sucks at de like departures. <laughs> Not yeah. gonna lie. I, there's like rumors of Pepe going to Besiktas by termination of contract. Oh wow. Um, for, in my opinion, he just needs to go. <laughs> yeah. He, like Arteta does not like him. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't even like the club anymore. I mean, he has to go. I'm, ho I'm hoping uh, Holding gets sold soon because that man is. Like championship quality, if I'm being honest. Bro, he's been championship quality for for a while, and he still yeah. finds his way into the eleven, bro. Like he's just like uh, Tyrone Mings for Aston Villa, bro. His like first two seasons in the club, he was actually all right, but that was like all the way back in the 15, 16 season. And I, yeah, I that do was not with, like Kurt how... I remember that game <laughs> in the FA Cup. It gives me nightmares to this day still. But yeah, no, I I just don't know how he's still playing. He he like picked up so many injuries. He's just not been playing. I mean, he's a good squad player, but I just, every time I see him play, he's one mistake after another. Yep. Um, and, like, players on the pitch see that, and they try to target him, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of, still, I'm going to say a lot of dead wood, but you guys got rid of the dead wood of, like, a good, good piece of it, you know, the past two seasons. Um, I guess trying to get those other p people out is going to be, once again, a whole transition phase for Arsenal, but... Um, but you see with the with the with the incoming signings, you know, with Havertz, you guys are spending the money, man. You guys, I mean, what are your thoughts on on your window, dude? If you're an Arsenal fan right now, you've been screaming for this for like years, man. This is like the first time in like nine years I've been supporting Arsenal that we actually dropped something more than like a hundred million. <laughs> yeah, like there were seasons where we would like, um, like there was windows where we would only sign one goalkeeper and no outfield players <laughs> we yeah. signed check and signed <laughs> no one else um that was i mean it's mainly because like there's a lot more um behind the scenes action going on mm -hmm. i know in the past that you know, we like the crunkies uh like i can't i can't forgive the crunkies for all that you know nine years of pain because they've been like they just don't like spending anything um, but only recently when, like, you know, uh, the Crunkies got, like, the majority share. They got 100% of the shares. And mm -hmm. then, you know, Josh Crunky, the uh, the son of Stan Crunky, he's been, like, stepping up a lot more. Um, and it shows, like, our the protests we went through, like, the past, like, decade. 
um, really did work out, and you know they've been stepping up and like supplying a lot of the money. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is more like trust between the board and Arteta and Edu, um, which is a big factor as well. But you know, signing Declan Rice for 105 million, I would never imagine Arsenal spending anything more than like 50 on like or like 70 on a player, and yeah. to drop 105 million on Declan Rice is like crazy to see as an Arsenal fan. Um, but you know, signing Timber, Havertz, and um, that's I think that, but like signing them so quickly before like the preseason even started was such right. a big plus for us. Um, and you know, Declan Rice, we've been we've we've been literally like monitoring, monitoring, monitoring him since like January. Right. Um, and so I think that's just big. I think credit to like Eddie, credit to Arteta, who's been like, you know convincing all these players, all these players to join. And also the board to like you know supply all that money um, for these players and you know right now if I had to rate like the window right now it's it's an obvious like nine out of ten I feel like we definitely okay. need to sign like one more player um, in like the attacking role but I think right now we're we're doing really good yeah I mean I'll be honest so, like obviously the whole deck and rice saga like uh you know the way that that all happened because I know you, he was linked with Arsenal like you said since January um and possibly maybe longer than that um but when I saw reports that city were in from first I thought it was like a bluff right I was like okay cool um it's probably fake just to you know drive up the price and then I saw reports from Fabrizio saying that they submitted a bid and it was I think it was after Arsenal submitted their second well, no, it was yeah after Arsenal submitted their second bid, and yeah. Man City uh, submitted the eighty million pound bid, um, and that's when we had our discussion. We were like, yeah, like Man City might get it done just because their first bid was much higher than Arsenal's second bid. But yeah. then you said, obviously, give it give it a shot. Maybe you know, like you know, Arsenal, it may be a little bit different this time because I thought once again I thought it was gonna be same old Arsenal trying to be penny pinching, you know what I'm saying, trying to make fun of West Ham, trying to belittle everybody, but Yeah. Boy was I proven wrong, bro, and I I'll hold myself to that, you know, like <laughs> nah, big up I, I think the big reason why I like you know no matter who like who came in the bid for um Declan Rice, I definitely knew it was gonna be Arteta be like, I want I want rice. Give us rice. Right. right? Um you know, and when he wants a player, he's gonna get that player. And you know we've been monitoring him since like January, so we know like the, the interest is clear, the interest is there, and that you know Arteta wants Declan Rice, and so I had faith. Um, I didn't expect the 105 million price tag. I think Declan Rice is like an 80 million player at best, but you know it's just West Ham trying to penny pinch players. Right. Um, but you know I wasn't really afraid when like um, Man City came in for the bid. Um, I was really shocked because, like, I didn't think Declan Rice is the type of player that Man City could, like, fit into the system. You know, for me, he's the better as off, like, a lone six. I don't think he's, like, a a top left eight. I may be proven wrong, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was really shocked. Like, I think uh, City needs more of a creative player than, like, you know, Declan Rice. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Rice, I mean, I thought that was a whole d- interesting thing because, like you said, like we signed Kovacic for like twenty-five million, mm-hmm. um, but then we we're in for him as well. So obviously that showed that they didn't just want Kovacic; they wanted somebody else. And yeah. I think that's also because of uh, 
um, Bernardo potentially leaving as well. And I th obviously that didn't happen. I think Bernardo's going to stay, and I think he's going to sign a new uh, new deal. But, um, yeah, I thought the whole saga uh, with Rice, how how he envisioned him, uh, how he envisioned him uh, maybe being a higher midfielder, I thought it was Wait. like... Yeah, sorry, like, I want out of, sorry out of to nowhere. cut you off. Uh, you, I couldn't hear you for like the past like ten seconds. <laughs> really? All right, so all right, let's run it back. So, I was basically saying that I thought it was very interesting how, um, I guess how, how uh, our oh, no how Man City, how they uh, profiled him as a Gundogan replacement. And when I saw reports of that, I was just like, okay, I mean, it's Pep. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm not going to question Pep. Maybe I'm going to question the board. Because I just think they take a lot, like way too long on transfers, especially with how much money that we have. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was uh, interesting how Arsenal once again they, they they did what they needed to do, and now they're in a, a really good position to not only compete for you know Premier Leagues but Champions Leagues now. Because I mean I don't know if you agree or not, but I just think uh, the UCL the quality has dropped a lot. Yeah, I think for the UCL. Um is mainly just the English teams. Um, obviously, Real Madrid is still like the top dog in terms of you know competing in the Champions League. Right. Bayern Munich kind of. Um, I feel like they're not the quality of like any English teams in my opinion. Um, I mean, I, th I feel like next season they might be a lot better. I mean, they have a lot of incoming signings. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, quality definitely dropped off. It's just like English teams running the the um, the UCL right now. Um, yeah, I just don't think any other team has that has that quality. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's really, really diluted now. You know, like there's not like there's no more, um, like Atletico Madrid's competing in the final. You know what I'm saying? Like obviously last year was kind of weird because like the Italian teams they sort of had a little come up, but I didn't think that they deserved that come up. That that was all right. The only reason why they were up there is because like the drawings were like more because on like. The left side was like Man City, Liverpool, Bayern, Real Madrid. Right. On the right side, it was Inter, AC Milan, Benfica, and like some random club. Um, so I think that was the only reason why they were even like in the final in the first place. But right. you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, Arsenal they they prove that you know they're a top team. Arteta, because I, I like I like Arteta. I thought he. He should be the heir to Man City, uh, to Pep after he leaves. Like, that's like the dream move. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I can, you know, keep dreaming. Not, not a chance. I, do, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. If Hopefully he does, not. if that happens, I don't think I will watch soccer anymore. Cause, Fair. dude, like, I mean, over the past like couple of years, or not recently, but like a decade ago, when like all of our players just go to like the rivals. Um, Hopefully that's a curse that ends soon, but hopefully Mikel does not go. If if anywhere, I would want him to go to like Real Madrid or Barcelona, but I hope he stays at Arsenal for as long as I can. Right. Yeah. Pull like a little Pep Guardiola, stay there for maybe like five plus years, seven plus years. I mean, I, I yeah. think Pep's going into his eighth year here. So yeah, I mean, I hope for the same for Arsenal because once again, I, I'm I could be a Man City fan all I want, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a football fan. Right, and I like mm -hmm. watching good soccer, and Arsenal's playing great soccer. So, um, yeah, man, I hope he does stay. Um, I guess transitioning to your other other signings, uh, you can do a little brief, I guess, 
a recap on Havertz, Timber. And I know you already talked about Timber a little bit, but how about yeah. Shai Havertz? Uh, Havertz, man. All right, so when we first signed him, man, I was, like, questioning. Like, every everyone was questioning him because I was like, Havertz? <laughs> right. Dude, bro, he, he's been mid since, like, that, that Champions League final goal is the only reason why he's actually been relevant. Um, besides that, he made... He's been mid, but um, in preseason, he actually has been pretty well. I think it's just, like, his in terms of, like, where he should be playing on the pitch. Um, you know, being mm-hmm. backed by the right manager. Um, no, nah, yeah. For me, I think he's a questionable signing. Um, but, I mean, in this preseason, preseason, he has been a lot, like, better. Um, I've been watching, like, Chelsea games, like, within the last year. Obviously, Chelsea had a terrible season last season. Um, right. but I, I think Kai Havertz was, like, that one player that was still, like, scoring goals for them. Um, I don't think he's a striker. Um, I don't think he's, like, a false striker as well. I feel mm-hmm. like he's definitely better playing, like, you know, a little bit deeper in midfield um, as that left eight. I know, like, Arteta bought him f- solely for that one reason. Um, I definitely think, for me, like, Arsenal doesn't have that height, like, quality um, in the attacking front. I know Jesus is really good on headers, but um, besides that, like, Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, I feel like we lacked in that department in terms of, like, you know, height. So... We've seen that this preseason where, like, you know, Havers comes deep and, you know, he builds up uh, from, like, that position. And then once we're in the attack, you know, he moves to, like, the back post area. And, you know, we've seen a couple of goals already where he's, like, at the back post and he's just, like, um, banging in there. You know, we've seen that against, uh, you know, the MLS All-Stars. Um, we've seen that uh, against Barcelona. He's just at that back post where he's, like, yep. you, know, you know, being a poacher in that box area. But, you know, for me, I definitely trust Arteta when it comes to signings like obviously that signing came out of nowhere and that's just I think that just shows that you know Arteta definitely sees something in Havertz um yeah at the way until the season starts but for me I think he definitely adds a lot of quality in terms of that that height um advantage but I'm just hoping he (laughs) that 65 million uh spent well um I, I I hope he doesn't flop. He's, there's gonna yeah. be so many fail comps on Twitter when that comes up. But <laughs> <laughs> y'all already see Twitter right now, bro. It's gonna be absolutely horrible. Oh god. Oh, uh, but hello. Don't tell me the Wi-Fi went out again. Hello. All right. Yeah, I don't hello. know what's good with my Wi-Fi, bro. Keeps cutting out. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I don't know, like like I don't know what's going on, but um. Yeah, the, the, the Twitter memes are going to be insane. Instagram is going to be popping because obviously people don't like Arsenal. For, and I'm not going to say for obvious reasons, but the fan base doesn't do it any justice. But At, at um, least we're the second most deluded fan base behind Man United. That's all well, I care about. I think Liverpool is up there as well. They I think Liverpool, Liverpool is all right. I think they've, they've shown that, you know, they, you know, they won the Champions League. They won the league before. But you know, May United, they want the Carabao Cup, bro, and they're calling, like, <laughs> go, like they're calling each position in their team like the goats of like the world. Like, come on now, right? Like Juan Basaka is, is the best right back in the world. Like, get out of here, man. He bro, he's, already getting, he's already getting dropped by Dallow. Come on now, right? <laughs> so show some respect to the big boys, right? But um, um 
Yeah, I mean, I think, once again, I think it was a great window. And also with Havertz, I was going to say he offers something very interesting in terms of tactical-wise. Because I know for um, I know for Leverkusen, he actually played like more center mid-ish, sometimes played up top. So yeah. maybe I see Havertz playing as like a false striker, false center mid, which makes him very, very hard to mark. The only yeah. thing with him is if his technical ability is up there to, you know, once again, find those areas of space and to be clinical and make great decisions. But um, I think he offers something really, really good. And I didn't even know he was that tall. I didn't know he was 6'4". Well, yeah, I didn't realize he was 6'4 either until he, like, I saw him, like, win the header at the back post. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, I was like, bro, this dude's mad big. <laughs> mad tall. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I think, once again, the Timber offering that not only the right, but also now the left uh, and uh, left side for defense. I thought that's really, really good for, for you guys. Uh, adds depth, uh, adds, adds cover. Uh, adds cover. Um, maybe a little bit disrespectful to Tyranny, because I still think I, I feel, I, I think he's still a great baller, in my opinion. But, I mean, look, the, the best way to compete against, you know, Man City is you got to like Man City, you gotta have quality all over the field. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, unless you want to say anything else about Arsenal in terms of uh, incoming, but I mean, I'm more interested in like learning about like what's what the hell is Man City doing? You know, they just mm-hmm. want the treble. They have their Man City. They have the bank, and to only see Guardiola come in and or obviously Kovacic, but um. Obviously, they like they're still lacking in that right wing department. You know, you know yep. Mars leaving. Um, I know there's like mention of like Jeremy Do- uh, Doku from the yeah. Ligue 1. and who else? Uh, Olise, Olise, yep. I, that he's a baller. Yeah, I think he fits them all perfectly. Personally, I think that he's the guy that we should we should get, especially yeah. for the price that they're asking for. And apparently, there's like a release clause, but I'm not going to bank on that. So I'm I'm going to say 50 million. Mm. To spend fifty million on a player like that, in my opinion, I think just 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 go give it to him, man. You know, like obviously you don't want to be bullied in the transfer market, but like you said, if you only spent twenty five, then obviously with Vardiola, I think it's a fixed fee of ninety ninety euros. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how much that is in pounds, but it's still a lot of money. Um, he'll be, I think, the world record uh, signing for a defender. Like um, the fourth time, yes, that you have done. Yeah, I mean. In terms of defenders, yeah, because obviously we got Mangala. We also spent the bread on um, Diaz. Defenders-wise, I don't think really broke the record like that. To be fair, I think it was like way back when like you guys signed Walker and Mendy. You guys like dropped like fifty-two mil, which was like the record. And then John Stones, who was also a record at one point, signed Diaz, ended up being a record. And now you're (laughs) spending that record again on Guardiola. Um, yeah. I just think, I mean, in terms of what we need, though, I think, I mean, the way that we spend our money now is a lot different than years prior, and I can admit that. I think that's true, just because we used to spend, like we said, like the that the Mendy uh, that went that transfer mar- uh, window. We brought in like Danilo. It was like Walker, Mendy. Um, I think it's to Mendy as well. Yeah, uh, was he that I, year? Or was I, year I actually know that was the season before. Yeah, I think it was a year prior. I think John um, Stones is also that same window. He was. It was yeah. I think John Stones, if not maybe the year prior as well. Um but 
Yeah, like that was a whole revamp because um, mm. we had like Zabaleta and Sanya, you know, as our, as our right backs then. Like old yeah, men. cliche. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like like Kolarov, like all these type of guys. But and looking back, it's crazy because like we still won the league with these guys, and they're still top tier players. But we like we meme on them now. But I mean, I just think in terms of like what the the direction that we're heading towards. Obviously, he's looking at defense first, and Pep's looking at it from, you know, past him because I think he's going to leave in the next two seasons—not next season, but maybe the season afterwards. Dude, I hope. Um, yeah, I mean, for the rest of the league, I think everybody would be like, "Oh, praise God!" Like, <laughs> bro, it can finally be balanced, man. I just—I'm waiting for him to leave, man. I'm just interested to see who the potential replacement would be, but we'll have a conversation when the time comes. I'm still trying to enjoy, you know, the greatest soccer I've ever seen personally in my life um and I'm, I'm 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 not even trying to be biased like i'm even counting 20 like 2009 2010 barcelona as well i think they they're they're up there with with that team in terms of how they played i thought it was really really good definitely um, definitely not the 14 15 barca no that msn is a different breed the way that they played i mean the way that they linked up in terms of attack i thought it was amazing they won um, that trouble so easily yeah it was it was like with, they made Juventus. Yeah, yeah, like who did they be in the Copa del Rey? Wasn't it? Was that Real Madrid was, as well? It, that was when Messi scored that uh, that literally like Puskas winning goal against uh, I feel like Bilbao. Yep, yep. Nuts. So yeah, that team was insane. I mean Barcelona. I mean that whole era, you know, 2009, 2010 with like Henry and all of them, and then obviously 2014, 2015 with like like you said MSN, Rakitic, and all the like all those players. Bro, it was crazy, but um. Yeah, I think obviously we got the Croatian guys coming in. Um, Vardiol, twenty-year-old center back, he's gonna fit in really nice. Uh, offers coverage for um, Ake, um, and obviously I think they both offer something different. And yeah. I think Ake, and I think the one thing that Man City got lucky with was injuries. And I think. It's very reminiscent to how Liverpool, when they won the league or when they won the Champions League, how they had like this crazy run and it seemed like they weren't getting injured at all. That's yeah. how I saw the season. Like I was like, yo, like one of the like if the Bruyne got injured, I would have been I would have not have been as worried. But if like an IK got injured or if like Ruben Diaz got injured, and he saw Ruben Diaz get did get injured in in the in the winter time, yeah. uh, and I, the way that we played, it was drop we dropped off, and that, and that's that's true. So we did need coverage there. Um, we obviously needed a midfielder as well since Gundogan left. Um, but for me, like you said, I think with Mares leaving, that's a really big blow because he honestly was a really, really good player. Yeah. Um, maybe disrespected a little bit, but it's also just the quality of the team uh, at Man City. But um, overall, like once again, I think it's if we get those three players, if we get Elise, obviously Vardio's official, Kovacic is official, but if we get Elise, I think it's a 10 out of 10 window for us um, because we get two young players who are potentially world beaters, you know, at a very, really low price right now. Like, it may seem high at the moment, but the way that the market's moving right now, people are going to look at it in, like, maybe three years' time and be like, bro, like, how'd you get this player for that much money at this at this time? So, yeah. Bro, I mean, I'm I'm excited, I'm excited for uh, you know, this this uh, this upcoming season with uh, with our signings, but 
Amen. I just think it's going to be one of those things where City's going to show our dominance again. And I do. I did predict a quadruple last year. Um, <laughs> uh, Southampton. <laughs> right, Southampton. Uh, oh, bro. Right. Yeah, South, Southampton is a bogey team, bro. No matter who you face, it's always going to be Southampton you drop points against. Facts, bro. You're, you're definitely not wrong with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're in more competitions this year. Um, so I'm expecting at least four trophies. And I think that's not even unrealistic. And when, I'm, when I say four trophies, I mean, like, not like Community Shield. I don't even know if I even want to count the UEFA Super Cup as well. Um, but, I mean, Club World Cup, I expect that to be one. Even yeah. with Saudi Arabia and Al Etihad, I know Al Etihad's in that tournament as well. But I expect us to win. Who does Al Etihad have? So they have Conte, they have um, Jota from Celtic, and they also got uh, Benzema. Ah, oh, gotcha. Nah, it'll be funny as hell if Benzema comes in and scores a hat trick. <laughs> oh, I'll be heated, bro. I'll be heated. But bro, when, it, when it comes to comp- competitions, you know, you already know Benzema's coming up. <laughs> yeah, man. But I mean, I think the one, the one bogey, one off. You guys, every single record has a blemish, and I think he showed that last season as well. We we kind of we kind of swept Real Madrid like they're nothing as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, bro. I mean, I, I think that's my my outlook on uh the summer for Man City. Um, and I know we talked about tactics and things like that, but um, what are we looking for, uh, looking towards with uh, Pep going against uh Arteta? I think no matter how many times you put Pep against Arteta, I think Pep's going to win, like, 10 times out of 10. It just depends on, like, the players available in the team. Right. Um, and, you know, I think going into this Community Shield match, I think it's got to be a lot more even, like, in terms of quality, like, for both teams. I think it's mainly because, you know, by the time uh, the Community Shield comes around, I don't think Guardiola will be, like, ready to play. I'm not too sure I, th- I feel like when's the game uh sunday right sunday so he's getting announced officially maybe tomorrow because i know he has a flight right now like i think he's flying to manchester at the moment gotcha um, so he's gonna get announced maybe tomorrow morning if not in the afternoon pike have a couple days of training and he could be ready bro i'm not gonna lie <laughs> he, i mean he could be but i mean obviously i don't think pep's ready to put in like a player that he just signed like and start off um He's probably going to start off with Ake in the, in the beginning, maybe sub on Guardiola, but um, I don't think it's enough time yet. But um, going back to my point, I think, wasn't it uh, De Bruyne injured, right? Yeah, so he's not going to play in the in the, um, in the community shield. That That's a big plus, because every time he plays, he scores. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Bro, I mean, he's an Arsenal killer, in my opinion, bro. He's He, he always goes up against Arsenal. It's crazy. About times, he's like, drives in the edge of the box and just, like, I don't know, low power shot that into like the bottom corner. He's done that like the past ten years. I'm I'm tired of it. <laughs> right. Um but, you know, again it's gonna be the same quality. Obviously Holland's gonna be there, he's gonna be a monster. Um but, you know, as long as we have Saliba and Gabriel, uh Ben White Timber, you know, we we have like our, our standard back line, I feel like we're gonna be able to like, you know, shut out Holland, you know, the Bronny's not gonna be there to help him out, so um I think it's going to be a lot more even, but, you know, obviously the addition of Declan Rice, uh, Timber, Havertz, it's going to be a fun watch if you're, like, a neutral, but, you know, you you, you don't know which Arsenal's going to be coming out, you know? True, 
True. I mean, once again, it's like one of those things where, you know, it could be a flippable coin. Arsenal could be, you know, sluggish, you know, looking like they, they haven't really played like that. Or they can look, you know, like they're on top of things, moving the ball fast, looking yeah. very threatening. So, um, and also the th- same with City, in my opinion. You know, sometimes, you know, in the beginning of the season, we do take a while to get into it. And we're notoriously known for starting the season off slow. Um, yeah. I think we're, we're we're due to start fast. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, you know, in my, obviously, in my perspective, Man City starts off very, very good. But, uh, you know, as a football fan, I just want an entertaining game. I, I don't want it to be a blowout at all, especially yeah. for preseason. Like, not preseason match, but like a, like a, like a game like this. I'm also glad Gundo is gone because that man is. You put him in a tough situation and he's gonna score ten times out of ten. Like the end of the oh. season, Gundo is just a different breed. <laughs> he's clutch, and I thought he was at the in, in uh, for parts of his career at City, he was very disrespected as well. Yeah, I, I think it's just like they didn't really know what his like true position was, and right. you know, Pep found that in like being though, know, that left eight. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, man, he's gonna be a big miss. Like I, I, I was disappointed when I saw him go to Barcelona for free, man. I was like, oh man, are you serious? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand that because I feel like, you know, if I was in the position, I would renew again because you know you just want to treble, and you right. know, just keep playing with that team and end up going to Barcelona of all teams. Um, I, I, I don't understand because Barcelona just have like a billion midfielders. He's probably yeah. not even gonna start. In no. my opinion, it's, it's still gonna be Gavi, Pedri, and. Whoever's gonna be that in the DM spot? You think so? I mean, yeah. I mean, Xavi just backs like the the Spanish players in the team right now. That is true. He does have a little fetish for them, but um, especially with him being a free transfer as well. You're right. He he he'll definitely see that as one to get once again have experience with him and maybe use him more less often than the younger guys. So yeah, I could yeah. definitely see that happening for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, once again. Uh, who do you think is going to be starting for for Arsenal on Sunday? Uh, so hold on, I have it written out. Um, obviously we're gonna have Ramsdale in goal. Um, no question. Um, right now I believe Zinchenko is not gonna be playing. He probably won't be playing for like the first couple of games. Still injured. Um, obviously Jesus is not gonna be playing. Um, but besides that we have like everyone else on the team. Um, so. What I've been seeing in the last two games of preseason, uh, Timber has been playing as that inverted left-back role. Um, he did that against Barcelona, he did that against Monaco. And for me, I haven't, spec- I haven't spoken upon it, but Timber has been phenomenal this preseason. I think mm-hmm. he's been like the best signing, better than uh, Declan Rice so far. Um, and so, you know, the quality he's been adding to the team has been great. Um, so I see him starting at the left-back. Um, obviously, Gabriel, Sleebo, White, that's like the basic uh, back line we've been rocking with for like the past year. Um, and then, in my opinion, I I really don't know what the midfield is going to look like. Obviously, Odegaard is going to be starting at that right eight. I have no idea who's going to be playing that lone six and the left eight. But in my opinion, I think it's going to be, you know, Partey and the lone six and Rice as that left eight. Um, only because, you know... When you face Man City, you, you gotta have a good, you know, midfield to press and control the game, and to have like Rice and Partey being in that midfield spot, you know, they're gonna be controlling the ball, they're gonna be, you know, hopefully trying to like bully Man City into like, you know, not having the ball. Um, so I think that's gonna happen. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be like Havertz play on the left eight and like Rice is lone six uh, against City of all teams. Um, but yeah, and then front lines: Saka, Martinelli. That's um, you know no question. And then up top, I'm hoping it's going to be Trossard because mm-hmm. Anketia sucks against City, and I know Trossard has quality, and I do have faith in him. Okay. I mean, to me, that's a decent lineup, you know. Um, very strong. Obviously not the ideal with, with the striker situation, but, I mean, it's a very winnable uh, very winnable team. Um, and I know betting odds, I think Man City's a favorite, uh, and rightfully yeah. so. But, I mean, I, I think also Arsenal can easily win this game because it's, it's a one-off game. Um, and they can obviously approach it differently than, than I guess, Man City would. But... Um, yeah, once again, I think it's a really good 11, bro. Um, so here's my 11. So I think Ederson's going to start uh, in goal. Um, I think the right center back, I think that's going to be Kyle Walker's last game. So Kyle I think Walker's Kyle last Walker, game. Yeah, I think Kyle Walker's going to play. I think, he's going, I think he's going to Bayern Munich, bro. I think that's going to be official uh, coming coming soon. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be Kyle Walker, uh, Ruben Diaz, and Nathan Ake. Um, mm-hmm. and then you got uh, the two center mids or the two holding mids. So you have John Stones, um, and Rodri. Yep. Um, and then I think what's gonna happen is you're gonna see, um, on the left, uh, Jack Grealish. You're gonna yep. see maybe Foden, Foden in the uh, in the middle with uh, with um. Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis, um, okay. And then you're going to see on the right, potentially maybe Cole Palmer, um, a youngster like that. Maybe Bernardo Silva. Maybe Bernardo hmm. Silva plays in the center mid. So it, it could be a lot of different things. But I, yeah. I know I'm naming a lot of different things. But um, I think it's going to be Bernardo. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Bernardo on the right. Phil Foden. uh who did I just say? Phil Foden, Rico Lewis, and then Jack Grealish on the left, and then in the, up top, obviously, is going to be uh, Erling Holland. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's good. I think Pep's going to experiment. He's going. I don't think he's going to take it as serious as like a prem match, but um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, I definitely think Arteta is going to be taking it seriously. We've seen the preseason; he's been playing like the this main eleven for like the majority of his preseason just to get them ready. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah I'm like a little, little bit surprised because like you know Man City's midfield I feel like it drops quality because the loss of Gundogan and obviously De Bruyne is injured. Um, obviously starting starting Cole Palmer on the right. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting. Um, but again, you, you guys still have you know Rodri and Stones, um, and they've been bullying the midfield for for how long? Um, but yeah. Yeah, bro. Um, so yeah, let's go into our combined eleven. So let's do a four three three. Um right. goalkeeper. Are we are we discluding like um like injuries and like people are not gonna be available in the game or it's just yeah, it's just to exclude injuries. Straight up, like man for man. Oh okay. Oh it's so, oh like include like the Bruyne edges use and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Bad it. Alright. So Ederson, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> Ramsdale's been Terrible man. Uh, yeah, Fair. you can take you can take Edison, but I feel like um, I can make a strong case for a lot of other players. 
Okay. Um, right back. Uh, the our our right back is Ben White. Um, he's been like really well. Um, he's been main, mainly playing as like a like a right center back in like you know, the build up. Um, uh, what do you what do you have for your right back? So, if we're talking right now, um, I'll put Kyle Walker since he's still a Man City player while we while we're recording this. So, I'll put Kyle Walker up there. I think, at the moment, um, you know Ben White is like the better player. I know Kyle Walker at the moment he's dropping off in quality. He's getting old. Um, you know, he still has that you know that strong pace he has at that right back. But, um, you know. I still make a strong case for Ben White. I feel like he definitely has a lot of quality. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, what's your case on Kyle Walker? I still think he's better than Ben White, in my opinion. I think Ben White showed that he, he's not built for like those tough moments. Especially in the Man City game, I thought he was the worst player on the field for Arsenal. Um, just because he was just giving a possession. like The way that City was pressing, like I thought it was very interesting. Like They're forcing it on the right side, and just Ben White just passing it straight to our midfielders, bro, and it happened, like, five, six times. Like, I was like, bro, this is too easy. Um, that, that is true. But, um, um I mean, I, I, I guess I'll leave it up to, to the people. Um, um I mean, I guess you, have, you can have Kyle Walker. Um, okay. You could also, like, put, like, stones in there, but I don't know that that's, that's like, his natural position. Um, I'll put him as a center back, but I, I'm not going to put him in this, in this combined 11 for sure. So I'm not going right. to nominate him. Alright, you, um, you can take Walker. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, center backs, I would say, personally, I would say Ruben Diaz and Saliba. That has to be the two. That's Yeah, that's why I have two. Uh, Saliba and Diaz. Obviously, Diaz is like, the best center back in the league, for in my opinion, right now. Um, Saliba is getting up there as well. Um, obviously, like we've, we've seen Saliba play. He's he's like a monster. He, he reminds me of, like, you know, like, company, in a way. Um, he's just like, like, again, like strong stature, um, really, really quick. Um, he's also really, really good on the ball. I like, in my opinion, he's like the best ball playing center back in terms of like, um, you know, the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously like, I think Stone is like better cause he has like more technical quality, but in terms of like ball playing, like, you know, sleep is so good. Um, but yeah, what do you have for your left back? I will put Ake. Ake. Okay. Um, See, would you like, use Zinni? If I, I would put Zinni, um, but you know, Aka and Zinni, I feel like they're both two completely different players. Obviously, right. fullbacks, they're you know, with Pep and Arteta, they play really differently. Aka is more of like def- uh, defensive presence, um, doesn't really attack as much, but Zinni mm-hmm. obviously he's everywhere on the pitch. Um, you know, you know, for me, like Zinni, like last season. Um, you know, bar the injuries, I feel like he was definitely a pivotal player for like the whole entire team. He's like the one player that makes like the whole entire team clicks. Um, you know, obviously like in terms of left backs, left backs in the league, I feel like only Luke Shaw is up there like and like competing with Zinni. But for me, Zinni was definitely. Like, in my, I mean, actually, in my opinion, I feel like Zinni was definitely the best left back in the league in terms yeah. of like delivering quality for the entire team. Um, I think I'm backing Zinni for this one. Uh, no, I agree. He, no, he's I such an agree, important player. No, I put him in my team of the season uh, for the Premier League as well at the end of the year because I thought Ake okay, was. I didn't say I didn't, I'm gonna say he's inconsistent, but he wasn't in the goals like Sinchenko was. So, um, 
Yeah, in terms of left back, I'll definitely give you uh, Zinchenko. I, I rate him highly. Um, gotcha. Let's do let's do CDM real quick. So, who are you who are you putting up there? Because obviously you know who I'm going to put up there. Um, all right. So, how are we doing this midfield? You're just putting like three random midfielders in there. Let's do CDM and then CDM eight, CDM eight and ten. How about that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, obviously CDM, you can take Rodri. He's the best, okay. best midfielder in the world. Um, I'm making a strong case for Rice as the left eight. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we can have De Bruyne and Odegaard in the uh, the midfield. Um, but you know. Actually, I'm 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 gonna change my decision. I'm gonna go with Odegaard and De Bruyne in that midfield. I think, you know, in terms of like attacking mids, they're literally the two best in the world right now. In terms yeah, of no, that, I, that quality. <laughs> Once again, I think we I think we agree, bro. I think that's the uh, being out of the two teams. I think it's got to be Rodri. It's got to be Odegaard, and it does, definitely has to be De Bruyne. Um, yeah. and obviously the stats speak for themselves. The way they play, amazing. Like Odegaard, I haven't seen a player like that in a while. Like, the way yeah. that he has the ball on a string, like, it's insane. Um, De Bruyne is obviously De Bruyne, the way he plays the final pass, immaculate, you know. But, um, De Bruyne's De Bruyne, yeah. you know. Right, exactly. Like, he does what he does. So, um, yeah, the, I think we agree on the, the, the midfield three. Um, let's do the front three. So, right um, wing, I think we agree. <laughs> Saka, definitely. Yes. Uh, um, Holland, up top, definitely. No right. question. I feel like the left is going to be a little bit tricky because... For me, I rate Martinelli very highly. <laughs> you see, look. I know you're going to pick Grealish. <laughs> no, I'm not. We're going to I what? agree. I agree. You play Martinelli? Absolutely, bro. Because I, I think Jack Grealish. Grealish. <laughs> yeah, no, see, the thing is with Jack Grealish, like, in terms of how he play, he's really, really good because he, he's a ball carrier. You know, he gets fouled. He, he gets pe- bass people. Like, that's him, right? But in terms mm-hmm. of, like, Martinelli, final output, I'm taking Martinelli all day because that's, that's what it comes down to with these combined 11s, right? It's not about system because, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We could have any, yeah. like, same Allardyce could be the manager. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we got to look at goals and assists. And I just think Martinelli is the more direct player in my opinion, so. Yeah. Like, for me, Martinelli has been, like, one of my favorite players to, like, watch. Even more than Saka, in my opinion. I feel like last season, like, people underrated Martinelli way too much. Um, yeah. Obviously, Saka had, like, the spotlight, but Martinelli was just, he's just too good. Like, he's like yeah. a nightmare for any defender. He's too quick. His dribbling is super good. Obviously, his finishing is amazing. Um, you know, he equaled the Brazilian score tally. Um, yep. Tied with Firmino. Um, he's been doing that on the left side as well. So, um, I feel like majority of that is because, like, you know, um, Gabriel Jesus, he links up really well with uh, Martinelli. But um, I'm glad we agree on that because Martinelli, because he's a top player. But, you know, Grealish yeah. is a top player as well, but Martinelli... I feel like, you know, gets the job done. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Um, yeah, I, I was going to be controversial in here because I think on, on this channel, I, I try to be as, obviously I'm a Man City fan, but in terms of like rating players, I'm not, I don't want to be deluded. I, that's not how I view things. So, yeah, well, for me, I'm going against Arsenal fan. I'm going Arsenal all the way, bro. <laughs> fair, fair, bro. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I guess that's uh, our combined 11. Um, so, let's go into score predictions and then we can wrap it up. Uh, are we doing the uh, top four and going boot so and stuff like I'm that? Actually, I'm actually going to the Union game. So, I'm about to leave oh. soon. Oh, yeah. See, I don't watch MLS, so I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um, 
I think for me it's gonna be a little bit of a shock. I feel like it's gonna be one nil to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Who scores? I'm, in my opinion, it's gonna be weird. I feel like it's gonna be like either like a random defender. I feel like it's gonna be like Gabriel just like at the back post <laughs> during like mm-hmm. a corner. It's gonna be the most scrappiest game in my opinion. Um, obviously, Man City is missing a lot of their players, and Arsenal gonna go full throttle. But I feel like the our like front three is not like you know mature enough or like, experienced enough to, like you know face the defense of Man City. But I feel like it's just gonna be a scrappy game. Gabriel's just gonna score a random header. <laughs> Fair, okay. So Gabriel to score one note to the Arsenal, they get the Community Shield. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with three one, three one to Man City. All right. Um. I think I think Trussard scores your goal. Mm-hmm. Um and but for Man City I think it's gonna be Holland. I think Holland's gonna score twice and I think Foden's gonna get his as well off the bench. Or whenever he comes he's gonna come on. So Gotcha. Um That's that's yeah, a fair think, that's a fair one. I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining, it's not gonna be a blowout. Um but I think three one's a fair a fair uh a fair uh what, I guess a judgment or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I guess if like if Arsenal is like on top of the game, it's gonna be that one 0 win. But if Arsenal is dropping off, they're sluggish. It's gonna be a three one loss. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I guess we could wrap it up there.